0: Welcome to episode 58 of the Meeple Syrup Show. This episode is titled Me, Myself, and I, and it is all about talking about how awesome each of us are. So, um, we have a couple of guests with us, but before we get to that, we're going to talk to some hosts. Hey, Tyler, do you want to talk about you, yourself, and you for a second?
1: Sure. This is my self engineered lower third to promote myself. Uh, for those of that don't know me, I'm the bearded Meeple. I am a game reviewer and part of the Meeple Syrup team.
0: Awesome. That's that. That's all you that's all you really need. And um, Chad, Hi, do God. you want to tell our guests about yourself as well?
2: Hmm. Oh. I think Chad oh. is gone.
1: Robot Chad.
3: Uh, hey.
0: That was the sign, Sam. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to my your uh, uh, mic is just not good. <laughs>
3: Evan.
2: Yes, my <laughs> name. My name is Evan Derrick. As you can see, our lower thirds aren't working. There we go. There we go. So we made our own lower thirds. See that? That's at Evan Derek. That's my Twitter handle. That's what you call self-promotion. Uh, I'm a game designer. Uh, I designed Dark Moon, which Stronghold Games published uh, earlier this year. And yes... So,
0: And we, and we should talk about um, the experience of that more later, absolutely. Um, I am your regular co-host, guest co-host. You can't thats some pencil. But that's my lower third. That's my lower 50%. <laughs> Here's
1: my lower third. Right oh, here. Oh, no. no.
0: <laughs> so that's great. So, um, Sen has a couple of... He's having some mic issues. So, um, Tyler, why don't you talk about what you've been playing lately. Is there any new games that you've played? Anything that you're excited about? Have you gone to any awesome conventions? There
1: are a couple things, actually. Uh, Just the last day or two, I got Kodama from Action Phase Games to review. Uh, Lance, the Undead Viking, sent that to me. I played it at Grand Con. Loved it, and now I get to review it. Um, I also got Stack in the mail. It's a nice little abstract game. And I got oh, one that I'm actually really excited about. It's called Vasty Wilds. Um, I'm going to be doing a review for it in the next couple days. It's a tile lane game, but as you lay the tiles, the thing enacts, and you're, there's like a little mouse, a frog, and you're creatures of the woods, and you're battling, trying to get objectives. It, uh, it was really neat. I like
0: it. So before we get to Evan and what games he's been playing, Tyler, let, let's talk about Kodama for a second. So this yeah. is a game that was originally Kigi um, that was yes. on a drive Through um, by Daniel Solis. He designed it, and actually um, a 1,000 people went ahead and purchased the game through... I was one of them. Right, exactly. I I played it. Um, And it was originally themed as kind of an artwork and breaststrokes game. But I love the um, asymmetrical placing of the cards on your own sort of personal tableau. But the game has changed a lot since then. Um, Have you gotten the chance to play it or did you just get it in? Uh,
1: I have played it. Um, The improvements are really nice in the game. Um, I love the fact that... The problem with Kiki is, as everything built, 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 most people ended with their trees being destroyed, and that would really affect the game. So right. now, right? So
0: when they got so long, right? When they got so long, they would end up being pruned. Also, um, you could place on anybody's tableau, not just your tableau. So they did change that. Yeah. Um, and the publisher, Travis of Action Phase, has hesita- he's like hesitated to use the word improvement because he felt like Kiki was a good game, but they felt like they wanted to publish a different game, and the more and more they played it, they saw that developing into the different game, which is Kodama, which is in sort of the world of Princess Mononoke, which if you're familiar with that, um, if you are interested in anime or manga, then you know that Kadama are those little... Little woodland spirits um so the the theme is to me super adorable um and absolutely like even if you already have Kigi and you love Kigi, you might also enjoy Kadama so um that's a like a really cool design story, like Daniel literally just designed two games, you know <laughs> I designed this one, and I designed this one, but with the help of a publisher, obviously, they helped develop that game um. Evan, what have you been playing recently?
2: Well, I can tell you what I've not been playing. My copy of Kingdom Death Monster, which has not arrived yet.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> so
2: after... Oh, for people who might not know, Kingdom Death Monster is a disgustingly expensive game that I... That kick three years ago. Uh, it has these gorgeous minis, and it costs like $400... It's ridiculous and I couldn't help myself and I pre-ordered it and now I'm sitting waiting and I don't have it yet.
0: That's a mortgage payment, bless you. (sighs) Not really, but it's like a car payment.
2: So I've been playing that and honestly, most of the time I play prototypes, so that's what I've been playing.
0: Do you have anything in the works right now that you want to talk about?
2: I do have something in the works. Um, I have a detective game set in 1940s Los Angeles which is filled with corruption. All the detectives are corrupt and it's actually a game where you solve mysteries. It's not a deduction game at all. There's actually mysteries that you solve and uh, that's under contract (laughs) right now and we're developing it and getting it ready. And it is
0: awesome. That is awesome. Hey, so we actually have a question from the audience for you. Um, Sir Bob, said, um, have you have you played Dark Moon during a lunar eclipse? And he also, um, I guess, says a statement on this, is he's two drinks in, so I don't know. <laughs> yes, I
2: have played to Dark actually, Moon on the lunar actually, eclipse. T-
0: tell tell the audience, um, for those that don't know, the story about Dark Moon. I know the story about Dark Moon because I volunteer. I love Stephen Bonacore, and I volunteer at the Stronghold Games booth, and I know... The full story, and I'm like, you're a secret w- weird fan, but um, you you tell the audience <laughs> what what went on with that.
2: Uh, so I'm a huge uh, Hidden Trader fan, and I love Battlestar Galactica, but it takes four hours to play if you're lucky, and it takes forever, so it's very hard to get it to the table. So almost as a on a whim. I designed a kind of a one-hour version of Battlestar Galactica with DICE, and I called it BSG Express, and I made a print-and-play package for it and released it online, and apparently it was actually okay, and people downloaded it and liked it. And
0: I mean, I think that it was more than okay. Obviously, people really <laughs> liked it. <laughs>
2: And so Stephen Bonacore, bless his heart, picked it up, and we rethemed it because obviously we couldn't get the Battlestar Galactica theme, so we rethemed it as, as Dark Moon, and it's been doing very, very, very well. So it's pretty exciting.
0: Um, I mean, I have a copy, and I love it. So I actually have a game group that plays Battlestar Galactica every other Friday. And I have convinced them to switch to Dark Moon, um, and then only playing Battlestar Galactica like like once a month or something, or like once every two months or something like that. So they mostly play Dark Moon now. So that's oh. that's I know, right? Oh. Bless you, you game designer. You <laughs> let's let's check back check back in with Sen and see if his mic is um, not acting up anymore. No. Bless your heart. Yeah. Oh. He's holding up a
4: Oh okay. Can you hear me now and is it still echoey weird?
0: You are no. fantastic <laughs> right now.
4: Lovely. Okay, so something's really weird. But anyways. Hey the <laughs> internet. <laughs>
0: <Any sense here? laughs>
4: Yay, I'm finally here. Um so what what else is going on? Uh self promotion wise. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm the only one with a uh, lower third, as you can see, so I am... Probably well, no, no that's not
3: true. Today. That's not true. <laughs> <Yeah,
4: we've all laughs> Tyler's got, <laughs> got his fake one, <laughs> Evan's got his fake one, we, Stephanie... I know and, I should uh, make uh, one. You can't.
0: Mine's <laughs> <Mom's> not <laughs> dark enough.
4: Paul and Chad don't have their fake ones yet, so you guys got to make some. Oh, uh, uh, Evan, Mr. Mr. Glenn would like to know who's actually publishing the the detective team. Uh, it's a
2: company called Van um, Ryder Games that yeah. I'm actually working very closely with.
0: I did not know that I love him. AJ, AJ. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, AJ
2: Porfirio, who is awesome. So he's publishing it, we're working on it, and we're developing it together right now. And we met,
0: we met at an Unpub. Have you, Evan, have you been to a, an Unpub?
2: I haven't been to an Unpub yet. I
0: didn't think you had. Are you planning I, to... Go. I
2: would love to go to an unpub.
4: You know what the issue is, Evan? Though?
2: What is the
4: issue, said? Tell me. When does it fall? Huh? Ask Stephanie, when does when does unpub fall well, this year?
0: Okay, so well next year it will be in April. It's usually around Martin Luther King Day. Yeah.
4: yeah. So Evan, and, Evan and I have another commitment in April.
0: What's yeah. your commitment?
4: Whether, whether or not we can actually go, is still the commitment. Are you
0: are you committed to designing games or are you committed to something else? It, it is
4: designing games. It is designing games.
0: What is it? It's... Tell t- tell what, tell about your conflict.
4: Oh, you know what it is, Steph. It's the same that Daryl and I have every year.
0: That's so weird I, and I, nondescript, and none of our viewers know. I love how you
4: know won't, totally won't say it, Sam.
0: Right? That's so weird. Whatever, it, you're weird.
4: It's that. It's that. Well, okay, okay. So whenever I say, "Oh, we're going to the gathering," then Stephanie rolls her eyes and things like that. See, there she goes.
3: Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Why? Why aren't you coming to the gathering? Why, how? How? hasn't no
4: one invited Stephanie to the gathering?
0: Nobody has invited me to the that gathering. Uh, well,
4: no, no, no. I mean, it's it's not just that. It's possibly because we haven't had uh, any invites for the last two years. So.
0: So the so the unpop- might not always be. This is the first year that it was in April, and it was weird because it was like we couldn't secure the date (laughs) again, and there was concern with weather and stuff now that it's in Baltimore. But the Unpub, there are actually, we are considering, and by considering I mean like heavily considering, branching out to having an Unpub West, also an Unpub South. So there will be multiple chances to do this. And, and
3: oh, unpub Canada? Canada.
0: Yeah, no unpub Canada. Sorry.
3: How about <laughs> oh no? The un-pub, un-pub the, un-pub
0: Midwest. Un-pub, the unpub West. The unpub West is basically the Pacific Northwest, so that's like unpub Canada. Not
4: really. That's really <laughs> yeah. far, Stephanie. You you know how you,
0: you listen, <laughs> Sen, You have your choice between Baltimore and Seattle. Figure it out. Come on. <laughs>
4: I like Seattle. We'll go to
0: Seattle.
4: Okay. okay. Are you going to be in Seattle? Maybe. Maybe.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Okay. Let's, let's talk to our other guests that are. Oh, yeah.
4: Because, yeah. Normally they aren't, but for some reason. It, it,
0: it, is, it is me, myself, and I, though. So, like, I would love to continue talking about you. I'm impressed with your people.
2: self-promotion ability, Stephanie.
3: <laughs> <Tiffany. laughs> <laughs> I've got I've literally, right now, actually, literally
0: so. not promoted myself at all, but you're
4: cute. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, okay, so, so welcome to the show, Paul.
5: Yay. I got an overlay going on. Check that out. Look
4: at that. Look at that. got <laughs> a professional one going on. His hair and his eye, name name and everything. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Paul is, is the designer of Earth. He's also a wicked awesome graphic designer, all that illustration stuff. Uh, he is from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yay. Yay. <laughs> hey, and so, uh, yeah, he, he's here to talk about how he got, he got his game from nothing, something, and uh, great verb and vigor. And we have Chad. Now, some of you might know Chad more of VG-ish fame. Uh, but Chad is also de- designing games now, and uh, got one, one coming out. And so we wanted to both of them them about how they're going about their their self promotion train. What? It, how do you do? It? Um, today's day and, day and age social media and whatnot? Not. It's funny because because before, I mean, just started this this what eleven years when we really really started doing this. And I'm Stephen Glenn. Glenn's up on our our feet, feet over here, and and in her, He's older than we are. We are older school whatever, whatever the term is. And, and uh, I don't know I don't know if we get it the same way, way that your the audio get it. Sound like a, ro- a robot again. I when
3: you see Tyler do this, Sen sounds like a robot.
0: Yeah, Sen, Sen, you chill out for a second and let's let, let's let Paul talk about something. Talk about sure.
5: himself. Uh, so yes, my name is Paul, designer of Outer Earth. Uh, I guess the topic is self-promotion and you know what that's like the hardest thing to do as a as any like creative person because you wanna get out there you wanna get it in front of the right people but it's still like one of those things that you don't know how forceful you need to be you don't know where you need to go and meet people you don't need like there are all of these X factors that come into play when you wanna do self-promotion and it's really not all about just Online presence—you really gotta meet people face to face. You know, have the nice chat, go for a beer. That is also totally self-promotion. And, uh, so,
0: so basically, what you're saying is you need to maybe like get people drunk.
5: Yeah, totally. That's that's a totally valid strategy. For, uh, as as Tyler
0: takes this swig of something, whatever that is. Oh, um, oh I forgot so, my label. So you, so you mentioned. Um, <laughs> Yeah. that's so cute so, Paul, so you mentioned um, social media and you also mentioned like face to face but it seems like you're saying that face to face is more important so what can people do if they want to promote themselves and not just show up at conventions like what specific things can they do should they have like business cards should they have sell sheets like what kind of things can they do to kind of get their name out there as a board game designer
5: uh, it really depends on where you're at as a board game designer. Uh, when I went to Gen Con, I, uh, I was a part of Tabletop Deathmatch, and that got me really, like, up there as in a topic to talk about. But because now I actually... Like, yeah, you can, you can know, easily talk about it. it, it,
0: you it you know, the number of impressions are obviously going to be great if you can make it into getting on one of their YouTube videos. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah... But
5: if you also have a game that you've designed, now I have Outer Earth, I use that as the business card, so suddenly I'm going to a lot of publishers, like last Gen Con, I went and set up meetings with around 10, 11 publishers, and I gave them my game and a business card as a token of this is what I can do as a graphic designer and a game designer, so... It's...
0: so you but you were kind of like a double threat then, so you also had not only yes. can I design games, but also even if you don't care for this game, if you're looking for some of the graphic designs, then you can reach out to me, so yeah totally. What was your percentage of people that followed back up with you, like people that specifically reached out to you after you handed them your information
5: uh most of them, like we've had email chains going, and that's how I set up the specific meetings. But uh, I think I landed at least two jobs from just going to the last Gen Con, and it's that's
0: really great.
5: Yeah, it'll probably just grow as my <laughs> portfolio gets bigger. For I gaming. mean,
0: I feel like that's baby steps. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna jump. Oh, we'll get back to you, but I'm gonna jump back over to Paul or to Chad. Sorry, Paul, <laughs> Chad. So, what's your experience with um, getting out there? How do you how do you feel like you best promote yourself, or do you have any advice for people to promote themselves?
6: Yeah, I mean, I guess my situation is a little different because. I, I mean, I guess really...
0: go ahead and introduce yourself first and say kind of like what you're about and what what do you have going on.
6: Yeah, I am. My name's Chad krijan and. My main role in the industry is I'm the advertising manager over at Board Game Geek, so I it's interface.
0: Like a tiny, tiny like website, like a few. Yeah, yeah, long. yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my I interface between publishers and Board Game Geek for all their marketing on Board Game Geek. So for me, my situation is a little different. I don't really consider myself a designer so much as I have one game on Kickstarter right now where. I had one idea that I thought, oh, I want to play that. And so I came up with the game, and since I already have those relationships in place with publishers, it it was pretty easy for me to communicate and that sort of thing. So maybe my situation is very strange <laughs> for this sort of like thing.
0: People mostly come to you because you have a role and a position, so you don't feel like you have to really put yourself out there as much as you're just kind of helping other people put themselves out there.
6: Yeah. For me, it's more more that sort of thing where I have several friends that design games much more than I do where I can kind of hook them up with the contacts, the people that they're looking to get in touch with, that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah a little different
0: for me. We have a couple of questions. Um, So someone asks, is there going to be a prototype store on BGG at some point? Um, Feel free to say, I don't want to give out this information (laughs) if that's not something you're comfortable doing. But um, if you can give us the inside scoop, then that would be really
6: cool. Do they mean like um, board game bits and that sort of thing for sale in the store?
0: Yeah, I think... um, It seems like they mean more like, yeah, prototype parts and stuff, so...
6: Well, that's a funny question, because today we just had (laughs) two pallets arrive from Panda Games, uh, where we have plastic cubes and plastic gems, we have some metal cubes that will be going up in the Geek Store, and if that sort of stuff starts selling well for us, we have plans to do more of that sort of thing in the Geek Store, Um, and a lot of that was... Uh, catering toward the people that need prototype parts. I don't know if you know the game Rattlebones from Rio Grande.
0: I do. Um, I played that actually at BGG last year, and I love yeah. that
6: game. Um, we're currently getting those dice made for the Geek Store. Just blank colored faces with those dice so you can pop different sides of right. the dice. There was There's actually. A-
0: kind of a Kickstarter for something sort of similar to that, but, I mean, Mm -hmm. Stephen Glenn was really the first person that I saw that did that and kind of did it well, Um, and I love that aspect of the game, and I encourage people, even if they didn't enjoy the gameplay of the game, that that is something that, like, even as a game designer, is worth it just to purchase the game, just to have those parts to kind of play around with, because that was, like, that was something that's really neat and... Um, interchangeable and really cool.
6: Yeah, that was my first thought when I played that game. Is these need to exist in a form people can just purchase right. the dice for prototyping. So I played it. I played Rattlebones that night, and the next morning I emailed Rio Grande Games to figure out how to make that happen. So those should be coming pretty soon as well.
0: That's cool. So you're like the anti-me, myself and I. You're like you yourself and you, like 100%. <laughs>
3: you're
0: like, how how can I make you? How can I make you everywhere? <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, Evan, do you have a question for Jeff? Yeah.
2: So Chad, um, your the game you have on is it? On, it's on Kickstarter right now. Yep. This is your chance to self-promote, man. Show us how it's done.
6: Yeah, I'm really bad at it, so here it goes. Um, (laughs) So my game is, it's called Prospectus. Um, I'm a huge stock market game fan. Um, (laughs) Sorry, one of the comments just made me laugh. Um, (laughs) I'm a huge stock market game fan, and I wanted to design one that took everything that I liked from the ones that I like and rolled them all into one game uh, while also making it a game that's exciting for other people. Most stock market games are kind of the boring Wall Street, which is exciting to me, but for a lot of people it's not. Um, So in my game you're actually wizards trading various potion ingredients. Um, You get to cast spells to affect the future because, of course, as wizards you can see into the future a little bit. Um, so it's got a little bit of a theme to it that's a little more exciting. You know, for me, Lords of Waterdeep was kind of a light bulb. how all the people that thought worker placement games were boring and dry suddenly thought Lords of Waterdeep was the best game ever, just because finally, we finally got a game with a theme that people were excited about. Um, I mean, I it,
0: love Lords of Lords of Waterdeep, and it's not because of the theme. I love D and D, but that it, it's the worker placement aspect that I really like.
6: Yeah, same here. Um, but I also realize for a lot of people, it is the theme where they thought all these worker placement games were dry and boring, which is That's kind true. of yeah, like, which is kind of the rap that a lot of stock market games get. I think that that sort of game.
0: People usually don't like doing their own budget and finances and they have someone else do it, so why would they want to play a game about that? Yeah, totally.
3: Um, What's the...
2: Chad, what is the cool hook in your game? What is the cool thing that comes with it that is awesome? Yeah,
6: so when I first started designing it, I love the cube tower from Wallenstein, Shogun, Amerigo. Yes. The cube tower that Queen uses. So my original prototype used that, but Queen Games did not end up wanting this game, so I had to figure something else out. And, um, so I redesigned it into it's a transparent crystal ball that sits mm-hmm. on a base and I wish my prototype wasn't out flying around right now or I'd show it to you. But <laughs>
0: Those, those that are watching, you can go to Kickstarter right now and you can look up Prospectus, P-R-O-S-P-E-C-T-U-S, and you can kind of see what, um, what he's talking about.
6: Yeah, so it, it functions the same as the tower from Wallstein, but it looks way cooler because it's a crystal ball that sits on your table, and you can see the cubes that are currently in it and make decisions based on what you can see in the crystal ball currently. So it actually turned out really cool that I had to redesign that because the game is more awesome because of it now.
1: In my crystal ball, I see a question for <laughs> Paul. <laughs> so I have a question for Paul. How nice segue,
5: man. <laughs> awesome segue. Um,
1: my question being, um, with the whole me, myself, and I, you yourself, in the big scheme of things of game designers and All everyone who's out there you might be a small fish in the pond you're trying to get your game known and I myself being a small fish in the pond of game reviewers had got your game and I liked it and I appreciated that wondering if you could just talk about things like that of reaching out to another unknown because they might be an up and comer or they might be someone that hey this person needs the help that I need and maybe we can help each other out Mm
5: -hmm. I feel like it is all about not being afraid of the unknown. Like, if you go out there and just start talking to people, then there's no issue with the unknown. It's just one person talking to another, and sometimes they are looking for exactly what you want, and they actually are looking for that game review or that, you know, play tests. Even playtests, you know? Don't be afraid to just go out and ask people, do you want to play this game? Like, you don't need to, like, commit anything or just send people prototypes and be like, do you want to check this prototype out? I'm willing to send it to you for free sometimes. You don't want them to, uh, you don't want, like, to have additional barriers to actually have that one-on-one contact. So, yeah, it's it's actually not that tough when you, like, place yourself in a advantageous situation like Gen Con, where mm-hmm. everyone is a gamer, you know. And uh, it's you just got to be a bit open-minded and take a risk and just talk to people.
0: I feel like right people there. could just wander into Gen Con that don't even know what games are, right? You just, you're just you just in Indianapolis and you just kind of wander into the convention center. Sure. yeah. yeah.
5: But I think the, the better way is to plan it a bit out with some emails, you know, print out a nice banner if you want playtests. You know, really, like, make sure that the honeypot is there and that you can get people through that. So definitely,
0: definitely benefit being a graphic designer and a game designer. Uh, yeah,
5: totally. It's uh, like if I need something, I'll make it. I made a banner so that people could just easily find me in the playtest hall. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you have nice visuals. Is that's always a good, you know, <clears throat> goal. You don't want to have something that's too rough on the edges because even though the game might play amazingly, right? They need to actually play it to understand that it's amazing. Right.
2: Probably Um, also a curse, Paul. I bet you spend way too much time making your prototypes nice, don't
5: you? Yeah, of course, of course, but that's, like, the the thing about it, I love it. It's it's something (laughs) that uh, is amazing that I can do both the game design part and the graphic design part, just not the art, though. Not the art,
0: <laughs> so um speaking of visuals, uh Chad, you have quite a visual behind you. Um, the audience would like to know what your <laughs> wall behind you is made of. oh,
6: yeah, I just needed a place to throw card games, so I bought a bunch of plumbing in Home Depot and hung it on my wall
0: that's right. i I'm nobody knows this, but I'm a fire protection engineer, so I design um like sprinkler systems and stuff like that. So Ooh. these are completely aesthetic plumbing pipes on your wall. <laughs> yep.
3: That's, You're laughing. What it is. That,
0: no, that's actually super cool because a lot of architects like really love the whole, like that's kind of the thing now is like open structure and stuff like that. So that's actually really cool that if that's what you've designed and you've done, that's really neat.
6: Yeah, it's. I actually got a geek mail from someone on Board Game Geek once, very concerned that the pipes were going to sweat all over <laughs> yeah, my that's game. That's I'm I'm like, are those
0: your sprinkler pipes? You're going to burn down. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, that's super cool. I really like it. I totally that's did nice. it.
6: Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
6: I'm going to pause and tape a drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I just want
5: to say, actually, <laughs> hi to Chad, because this is the first time I've seen Chad, like, as a face, because yeah. I've only emailed him through, uh, through uh, Board Game Geek when I actually put my ad up on uh, Board Game Geek for my previous game, Outer Earth. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he's the guy to talk to if you want to... Uh, get in contact with like the ad services or like the full day ad banner on the front page or like the text ad so yeah he's a pretty cool guy.
0: That's really cool.
6: <laughs> I'm glad um, I don't have to self promote I can just have other people do it. <laughs>
0: <Wow>. <laughs> so, so Tyler so on that note so do you um, had you met Paul or Chad before this or is this your first time meeting them?
1: Um. I have reviewed Paul's game and I think I chatted with him email once or twice. I've not met Chad before Um, but having only done this for nine months I totally know the world of self-promotion and there's a fine line to getting your name out there and then being popular enough that you don't need to self-promote anymore because people will know who you are and it will
0: just
1: steamroll and it will grow and grow and grow but I am very much in the infant phases. I have business cards. I made buttons. I did T-shirts, and I actually had other reviewers say to me, "Well, why are you doing that?" It's like, well, I got to get my name out there. Like, there's you know seven, eight thousand gamers in London alone do that don't know who I am. I got the world to know. Do
0: facial hair helps? It's like, should I oh, grow? Yeah. A be- should, should I grow a beard?
1: Um, I would say no. You could just take your hair and just just hook it on an ear, and that done. way you don't need it.
0: We've yeah. done. I've <laughs> literally done that on the show before. It's your <laughs>
2: new. It's your new handle, right, the bearded lady. There the bearded lady. I'll
0: do it.
1: I was right. gonna be the bearded lady for Halloween. Now that's gone. Uh, Send the A cup back. Really I won't need it anyway. It's
0: really good. Looks really good. Um,
1: so yeah, self promotion is good up to a point, but. Uh, my big thing is 20 percent of the games will get 80 percent of the market just like a lot of advertising things there are so many great little games out there that need the help so I am totally fine uh, promoting them And so small companies will be like oh my goodness we want you to have our game because you're gonna tell you know 3,000 people about it and I'm like sure yeah I'll do it so it's, like I said with Paul it's it's the hand helping the other hand and everyone wins it's very distracting.
5: I think that is a super important. Like I was thinking about what Tyler said, and actually, just having a product that can be self-promoted. So it's you're you're not just selling yourself as a hey, yeah, I'm a game designer, and then you have like uh, some like I wouldn't say half assed but like not complete things or things that don't show you in the proper light. You know, you have to have something that backs you up as a game designer or a a video reviewer, you need to have a channel with a bit of, I guess, content to then actually start self-promoting. So get some stuff out there before actually getting all of those business cards or getting all those buttons. (laughs) Excuse
1: me. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be your beard? You are so cruel, woman. The kitten.
0: (laughs) Keep going! Uh, Come on, you guys are professionals. Let's Chad,
1: it.
2: Chad or Paul, have you guys harnessed uh, social media at all to self-promote? The power of social media.
5: Chad, no. you want to go first?
6: Sure. I mean, I guess I'm not a huge, I'm not big on social media stuff myself. Not because of self-promotion reasons, but just personally, I'm not on that stuff a ton. Um, for me, a lot of, again, a lot of the promotion stuff is is through Board Game Geek and through mailing lists and, and stuff like that, but that's more on the publisher end of things rather than personal end, I suppose. Um, I know for my Kickstarter I got some of the pledges through um, social media, just posting to Facebook and Twitter um, and stuff like that, but of course it only goes... So far, at the same time, you need to be in a lot of different places.
5: Paul, uh, I, I guess I've used it a bit more. I uh, I enjoy po- uh, posting every now and then. But a cool thing that happened today actually was that uh, on Twitter, going last, a podcast they uh, tweeted to me. They said that they really enjoyed Outer Earth and that they wanted a copy. And then I checked their podcast out because they. We're uh, talking about it on the podcast. And yet again, it becomes like this free flowing conversation where you use social media just not to promote, but to interact with people. And that's also what Board Game Hour does. So, uh, Board Game Hour is a really cool thing on Twitter where a topic occurs once a week and then everyone just tweets their, uh, you know, like talks about the questions that are being brought up. But it's, uh, it's, a great way to also self-promote because you're being active in the community and you're talking to people that are relevant.
1: It's okay, Paul. Don't send them a copy. I'll just send them my copy because I
5: really didn't like it. Oh man! <laughs> I'll save on I, shipping. You did.
0: <laughs> send me a copy. Listen, I'm on like a million podcasts. Come on. Actually, I don't. I don't ask for games ever. But I've. And asking for a game. <laughs> <laughs> Do I, so is that all it takes? I just have to tweet about it? I just have to well, be like, this game looks neat? and then They had be played
5: like, it. Like the hosts had played it and the other host wanted a game. So
0: I just have to say I've played it.
5: Well, they're still buying it though. And a
0: weird sort of like integrity thing? I don't know why, but like I feel like I could just say, I've played this game and then you'll be like, oh, I will send you this game and then I'll help you promote that game. Right? That's, that's what but you're they already
5: did the promotion part, as in they talked about it on the podcast and the dude was like, I want," I thought this game was awesome, I want a copy, and then I, I redirected them to the shop.
0: <laughs> Aha. Redirected them, yeah.
5: But yeah, I... I feel like uh you can only go so so far by sending out free things, but actually have a product that people want to buy, and uh like it sets <laughs> up that extra barrier that people wanna like explore and uh you know what it's better on your budget too you don't wanna you know spend too much on sending out promotions that might or might not work,
0: yeah, so um. Chad, do you feel like, um, so you have a game right now on Kickstarter, so did you spend a lot, like how many prototypes did you make? Did you send out a bunch to reviewers? Did you, um, like what, if you can say, what portion of your budget did you spend on that? Was that like a large portion or did you just kind of hope that your game, if you could just tell people about it or maybe send them print to plays, that that would work?
6: Yeah, um, a couple years ago, um, when the game got fleshed out enough to do so, I put print and play files up on BoardGameGeek for people to download. Of course, it was a little more complicated because you needed to own Shogun or Wallenstein, enabled even to be able to play it. Um, but a lot of people um, played it that way. Um, I also go, I'm mean, at the Gathering of Friends, BoardGameGeekCon, all those places where I played the game with a lot of different people um, that way. Um, a lot of that was more playtesting than promotion, but I guess it does uh, some of both that way where people get to look forward to it. And, um, as far as sending to reviewers, um, the publisher handled that for me for the most part, but I believe we only have two two final prototypes uh, going around. I believe Undead Viking has done a review for it um, so far. And I think there are a couple more on the way. Um, but I'm I'm kind of one step removed from, from that part of the process, I guess, right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So do you feel like are there other people that are involved that are really kind of taking that part of it over?
6: Yeah, it's being published through Mr. B Games.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, so Sean, the owner of Mr. B, um, he's handling a lot on the promotion end of the deal, making sure the prototype is in the right places at the right time, um, all that sort of thing.
0: yeah that's that yeah, that's really good. That must be very like relieving to you as a designer for sure.
6: yeah, for sure. And then I'm capable of handling the marketing end of things, so that's been more of what I've been dealing with.
1: I have a question from the audience. Suzanne would like to know, how does focus on promotion shift as the product status shifts? And uh, that can be answered by Paul and Chad.
5: Uh, That's a great question because doing a Kickstarter has so many different phases where that's really condensed. So you got like the pre-Kickstarter, during the Kickstarter, and post-Kickstarter. you don't have a product, you have people that want to pledge for your product, and then you have a product at the end. and They're all very different stages. I feel like you just need to tackle them separately and make sure that you uh, constantly create new content of the products that you have in mind or that you're creating so that you can actually keep the backer or customer in the loop. I feel like that is a great way to promote to just constantly uh, talk about what you're doing, how you're doing it, or take photos of the things that are happening and how the product is actually evolving over time. So even on that note, you can even uh, go back to the customers and backers and actually implement their feedback if it's not too late in the final product. So you have this uh, gradient of uh, stages where you can actually interact with people and talk to them about your game and it's it's really cool actually how that gradient changes how you promote yourself and how you talk to your backers because right now I'm talking a lot about shipment to people because uh, a few of my Australian backers haven't received their copy of Outer Earth and I realized that it was a mini like blip in the system and I hadn't sent my Australian backers the copies so I sent quite recently and yet again it's it's a different way of uh, I guess, talking slash promoting, but it's something that you need to take into consideration in one of these processes.
1: Interesting. Well, it's good that you stepped up and uh, took care of those uh, because I know with some games, sometimes people don't hear back from from the people that are running them. Uh, I won't say names, but I didn't get half of my stretch goals and stores had the game two weeks before I got it and it was $12 cheaper. I mean, I love, I love, I love Among the Stars, but something happened there, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, Chad, any thoughts on uh, on what uh, Paul was talking about?
6: Yeah, I think that, um, that constant stream of information is kind of the key, because um, you're competing with so much stuff these days. Um, if you kind of shoot it all out there at once, people get the information and then they kind of forget all about you because 10 other Kickstarter projects started the next week Mm -hmm. uh, and and focus got diverted so for me I kinda planned out a calendar of I'm gonna do a designer diary blog post on this day and on this day we'll release this image and on this day we have this slated to go out so I planned it all ahead of time to make sure I wasn't scrambling to come up with stuff on the fly. And then sometimes you also get the questions from Kickstarter backers where you can add more stuff on the fly to respond to their concerns or things they want to know more about. Um, but definitely just keep information flowing constantly is, is a big key.
1: Evan, Evan, is your mic still working? I haven't heard from you in a while. Take the floor, yes. sir. Yes,
2: <clears throat> it's working. So, uh... Here's a um here's a question. <laughs> yeah. Do you like that? Do you like that?
0: I did. I have a question if you don't.
1: And now we froze.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. Okay, All right, I so, guess it's up to you, Steph.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask so um I was gonna ask to Paul and Chad. Um so what is your final um if you are obviously if you want to promote um, what are the essential tools that you should have in person whenever you go to conventions or if you go to events um, I'll ask this to Paul first and then Chad um, just what are those things that you should have with you Are there is there anything, I mean obviously you should have something prepared but is there anything that you should have um, that is editable and flexible like on the fly also that um, you should have with you whenever you're going to conventions to help promote yourself
5: mm-hmm. uh,
0: outside of like an actual physical prototype of a game, right? So just outside of that.
5: Okay, I would say for sure a business card. Right. Make sure that all the information to, information is updated and good to go.
0: Does yep. it need to be cool or can it be just a standard business card? Yeah, Does it need it to, to stand out?
5: It, it helps, but as long as the information is on there, you can even do a napkin, you know? Um, but,
3: and that...
5: yeah, just just write it on there and, like, get it out. <laughs> <laughs> but even better is actually just to have data. So you can add people on the spot without actually having that physical business card trade. I might lose the business card. It's so easy to just look someone up and find them on Twitter on the spot. So,
0: so, you, that... so you should stalk people is what you're telling me.
5: You should stock them in front of them. You'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just just this over here, you know? That's how you can easily get someone on your, like, list for sure without actually... There you go, Tyler. What
0: What if they're not on Twitter or Facebook?
5: email. If you have their email, then you so can you get just a mailing say, list. Story. hey, what's
0: your email? I'm going to send you some information. Is that what you say?
5: But you need your first, like, mini pitch. You need to make sure you have your elevator pitch about what you do, how I can be of a service to you, or why you might be interested in what I have to offer. So it's really a, uh, you know what, if you're interested, I'll give you my information. If not, then okay, we'll, we'll walk ways and... Uh, so it's like about
0: date. it. It's
5: like dating. Yeah, totally. If you're good at dating, you'll probably be amazing at the data like...
3: stalking. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, maybe not dating, but like speed dating. That's when you need to do the quick pitch and really sell yourself in five minutes. But here's yeah. like ninety seconds you need to sell yourself. Yeah. Even less. You
0: know. Yeah. that's good. Um, Chad, do you have anything to add to that? Anything outside of what Paul said? Um, anything you do different? I know that you're kind of coming at it from a different side of things, so you probably have a different experience.
6: Yeah, I feel like I'm such a bad person to have on this subject, but
0: <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I am the worst at self-promoting myself. So.
6: Um, I know what I've seen other people do. Um. I have some experience in this since BoardGameGeek is publishing the line of micro games, I, some experience from the publisher end of things. Um, we ran a design contest at Geekway to the West this last year, and what actually really helped were the people that did like a half page or one page sell sheet on their game to leave with us afterwards, because when you play 20 games to evaluate them and you go back home afterwards... <coughs> it's kind of hard to remember everything that you played unless something really 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 stood out
0: so having a physical like leave-behind or something to take with you you think is beneficial for that
6: yeah if if you're unable to leave a prototype with the publisher right um, I think having
0: something that will say that's more than a business card I feel like is what you're saying like yeah something something more than that like check this out look at this, kind of a big splash, yeah.
6: Yeah, something that can remind me of the game that I played that was yours to to trigger my memory on it helps a lot.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's really good advice. Um, Paul has changed clothes or something, I don't know. No, no, no.
5: On the talk about spell sheets, <laughs> I have a cell sheet right now that I used during the first Gen Con where I wasn't published yet, I hadn't done my Kickstarter, and you really just needed to get out there with your information, so it's...
0: That's pretty snazzy. Yeah,
5: sell sheets are amazing when you talk to publishers.
0: Chad, Chad, would that get your attention?
6: Yeah, that's good, especially when there's nice artwork already and stuff to go along with it.
0: So we have... A lot of publishers. Go ahead.
1: I I usually offer uh, Seven Minutes in Heaven, or take them out for drinks, you know, for self-promoting. It's like, hey. That's, that's,
0: that's, that's reserved for, like, maple syrup after dark.
1: <laughs> that's always after dark with me.
0: Um, yeah. That's, we should probably just have Tyler exclusively on after dark. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Chad, so we have a question. Um, if you can answer this, great. If you can't, then also fine. Um, so people are curious. And I know this will be different for different campaigns, but um, they're asking how effective are BGG ads. So I don't know how involved you are with that specifically, but if you can kind of speak to that,
6: yeah, that is that is very specifically what I do. Okay. So, right. <laughs> um, Kickstarter ads, in particular, have worked very very well. Um, I don't have data on the top of my head but um, I will say I've worked with over 300 publishers this year on promoting their stuff via ads on BoardGameGeek and about 90 percent of them come back to us for their next campaign. Um, So I know that the click-throughs to the Kickstarter are very good and based on the way publishers return to us um, it indicates that they're converting pretty well uh, for them on their end of things as well.
0: Well, so, but what, what what types of publishers is it um, because there's a huge difference in the marketing budget of someone like Fantasy Flight Games, which I guess they're not really starting a whole lot, but Queen Games right. as, a, as opposed to someone like Minion Games.
5: I can add a nice comment to this because I mm-hmm. did Board Game Geek yeah, ads absolutely. and... Uh, for me, as a small publisher, like, I only spent 600 uh, bucks ish So it was a full-day takeover and a 30-day constant promotion throughout the other posts and pages. And I did a bit better than Breaking Even. And if you think about it, if they are new backers and you break even, they'll probably talk about the game to other people. So I would say it's even better than Breaking so- Even.
0: So you're saying, like, even if they don't go, I'm going to back this game on Kickstarter, that the awareness is at least there, that I know that this game exists and I've heard of it. And I think that is actually really powerful. That's a really good point, because even whenever I bring up a game in my FLGS, I'll say, and if they've just heard of it and they know nothing about it, the fact that I've brought it up, and they're like, oh, I've heard about that, that's, like, instantly a thing. And then they almost they almost instantly think it's a good game because they have validation from someone else just even bringing it up and talking about it so I think that yeah if you if you for one could break even and then plus the added bonus of the potential awareness outside of the Kickstarter which most people are also shooting for some people are not some people are just doing limited runs for Kickstarter but most people are looking to sell games outside of Kickstarter and into retail and do a second printing or like a big printing or expansions and stuff like that, then that is definitely powerful.
5: Yeah, so mm-hmm. breaking even is actually not that bad and you know what, you need to spend money to make money, so make sure that you are willing to pay up <laughs> for these ads. And Paul like... has my
0: heart right now.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you can't just skimp on ads. You know, you can't only get the small stuff, and you can't only go to like uh, side <clears throat> websites that aren't Board Game Geek to not pay for the quality stuff. If Board Game Geek is where your audience is and where all the gamers are, then you need to go there and promote. And if that costs money, then yet again, you you have to make sure that you've designed a well ad and make sure that that ad is visually striking enough to actually get those clicks. Even yet again, visuals matter. And uh, that's how you get the clicks through your, through the ad to get to your uh, Kickstarter. So yet again, the ads work.
0: Yeah, yeah that's,
5: that's it. And that's so a big Chad, part of.
0: Chad, are you Chad? Are you involved in the um, in the design of the ads at all, or is that something that's completely user submitted? Or
6: some publishers. I'm a graphic designer on the side as well, so mm-hmm. some publishers have me do their ads for them most publishers create their own ads um, but a really important part of my job is giving them good feedback on the ads that come in or feedback on their Kickstarter in general a lot of times
0: so if you Um, see something that comes in that you feel like personally might not be as effective based on the data that you have you might say that maybe we could do this and that might be more effective
6: yeah I mean it's it's not in my interest to waste anybody's money (laughs) Really I would like <laughs> because I would like it to be effective for them so that they are successful and and can come back and advertise again later. Uh, that's an, I mean that's successful. an
0: added that's an added service that actually um most websites <laughs> do not offer um I mean, Google. You literally submit your ad, and it's you pay money, and then this is your ad, and whatever you submit, they're not going to go, "Hey, that's not very good." Yeah. You know, that's like you you just pay amount of money, and yeah. That's pay very money, and then if it's not effective, it's not effective. So, there people are actually getting a completely additional service if they submit an ad with you that you are going to say. Hey, this maybe we could do something different and this might be more effective. This has worked out for other people. That's really mm-hmm. great.
6: And there's a lot of Kickstarters that come to me where I actually advise them don't spend money on ads for this one because <clears throat> it's not gonna work. Because yeah, when you see enough Kickstarter projects, you can kind of see by looking at it or how the first week went yeah. Totally. Or, I'll, or I'll advise them. See how the first two weeks go. If it's going well, take out some ads and keep pumping traffic so at if, it.
0: If I could make but. a fantasy Kickstarter team, then I feel like I could be like really successful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would I would go so far to say that in today's internet age, YouTube, all the different board game channels out there, you have people twitching, periscoping. I would say we have enough talented people that you can actually start making good board game commercials, so to speak, that you can get out there to put into people's shows and say, hey, not just a, oh, yeah, here's my my game, da-da-da, but actually do something creative to really promote a game.
5: Just saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like video games actually has that total one-up on Twitch because there's so many video game streamers and you can totally find a relevant game where you can yet again plug your game and you can maybe even yet again talk one-to-one with the, the uh, Twitch person or the, the dude that's streaming. So yeah, it's a, a really great way to maybe not even use a ad service but to yet again reach out to people and talk to them and be like, hey I got this cool thing I feel like your uh, viewers would really appreciate something like this. How can we work this out, you know? they probably don't have a business model for putting ads on their uh, stream. So maybe even just talking about sending them a copy of the game or, you know, just giving them another favor. So it's a different (coughs) way
0: Twitch Twitch has been an interesting, like, big boom for the video game industry. And I feel like the not equivalent, but, like, kind of consolation prize has been Periscope. (laughs) for Board Gamers, because it's something that we can do quick and easy. <coughs> you don't have to have, like, a huge following. Um, you could just do it, and then it's there. And you mm-hmm. can do unboxings and stuff like that. Um, and you can control your video. So,
5: I've actually never checked out Periscope, but I might just check out that after this.
0: <laughs> I feel like Sen and Daryl were, like, the pioneers of Periscope. Um when I was first hearing about Periscope I felt like Sen and Daryl were doing it the most at conventions and they were just like periscoping everything. Like we were at a restaurant deciding what we wanted to eat for dinner and Sen and Daryl were periscoping, like everybody trying to decide what they wanted to eat. Um and apparently that was interesting content for people. So um
1: Periscope is great if you can get it to work. I got this nice Samsung 4S. I can periscope but when I go to watch it back all I have is audio I cannot get video so this that, is a piece of a wrap same, thank you that, Samsung. That, I
0: have a Samsung S4 and mine is like that
1: yeah mine doesn't work at all it's weird <laughs>
0: this thing works this thing doesn't <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> um,
1: I had a question with uh, what Paul uh, was bringing up there uh, regarding the ads but I cannot remember it, so I will let Chad talk for a second. <laughs> oh, cool. Chad's yeah, just
0: like, that's fine. I love being put on the spot. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs>
6: yeah. No, I would say on the ad thing, some people come to me thinking advertising is going to be like a magic bullet to dig them out of a hole or something like that. And it's really just one asset of what you should be doing to promote your project I mean advertising is going to direct a certain amount of traffic at your project but unless your projects doing a good job of actually selling them on that idea once they're there um, it's not going to be very effective for you because i have a lot of projects come to me that are failing and they want to spend money on ads and it's probably the actual opposite of what they should do you know at that point it's good to kind of revamp and figure out why why people aren't backing when they get to your page as opposed to throwing more traffic at it
0: yeah more more traffic doesn't necessarily mean more conversions that's for mm-hmm. sure um, <clears throat> so Paul, um, just to kind of wrap up, where um, if people are interested in checking out your game designs and your graphic design um, and anything else that you might do that you're fantastic at Um, Where can they reach you? Uh,
5: So you can, uh, first of all, reach me on Twitter at Paul F. Seng, T-S-E-N-G. And and for the gaming-related stuff, I actually totally made a company. So yet again, it's Mailbox Games. I don't know if I have the logo here properly.
0: Yep, we can see it.
5: It's, it's kind of there. It's it's pretty small, but mm-hmm. at mailboxgames.com... Bigger logo! I know, bigger logo to splash it on. And yeah, there you'll be able to order Outer Earth. You'll be able to learn about Telphus Sliders, which is the next Kickstarter that I'm working on. And it'll be a food game where you're sliding out ingredients from a fridge and completing orders as a chef. So yet again... Uh, MailboxGames.com is where you'll find all these things. That is adorable.
0: uh,
5: I want it. That's my mini self-promotion pitch, too.
0: (laughs) Tyler?
1: Uh, People can reach me here at TylerSquigglyFace or they can simply go to BeardedMeeple.com Things because... I want people to know who I am because I need to grow an audience. And then eventually I just won't care anymore and I'll go through and delete everything I've done and just sit in my room and cry and then be like, why did I do that? That
0: seems legit.
1: Mm -hmm. Too legit to quit.
0: And Chad, where can they reach you if they're interested in checking out more about what you do or bugging you about, hey, how can we make our game look awesome?
6: Yeah, the easiest way is just Chad at BoardGameGeek.com very complicated email address. Everyone
0: um, is going to email you.
6: <laughs> mm-hmm. Or um I'm pretty visible on Betty boy 2000 geekmail works pretty well for me as well.
0: <laughs> and for those that just really want to torture themselves this is me <laughs> Stephanie straw at insert straw here and uh since sends, sends poor Mike, he's sitting back there. Make of motion, son. Yeah, do do like a little <laughs> neat dance. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we're not, since we had such an awesome and totally jam-packed and fantastic show, we're not going to do an After Dark tonight, so this is going to kind of be it. Um, but ab- it would be so great if Paul and Chad and Tyler and Evan would join Meeple syrup along with me I'm inviting myself on to another show and then maybe we can do an after dark where we can kind of drink and just talk about whatever not necessarily, but like I will be drinking but also everybody talk about whatever So
1: I love talking about stuff I the parts. <laughs>
0: Great. See it, my people. <laughs> Great. So I think that pretty much does it. Um, I hope that the live audience enjoyed this episode of Nicole and Sarah. Also, um, those that are watching this back, uh, thank you for checking it out. And so sorry that you couldn't join us. Please try and join us every Wednesday at uh, 10 p.m. Central. That is 8 p.m. Pacific. And 11 p.m. Eastern, and we don't care about any other time zones. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys, so much for watching. Hopefully, hey, Sun's gonna do... if Sun's not going to do an outro, then we just kind of have to like <laughs> dance. <laughs> <until he does. laughs> yeah. So, does anyone know? Can we do we do the national anthem? Is it like? Oh. Bravo. Yeah, bravo.